0: Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here at FCBC, how do we say it? We live, we love, good. We live, we love, and we serve. 1 Corinthians 13, an old familiar passage. I'm reading it from the message Bible today. This is one of those given that this is a series on love and every day is about love, but I think many of us will understand why this passage is important today. First Corinthians 13, beginning at verse one, and I'm reading from the message Bible. They'll put it on the screen. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that sends to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, i nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the state to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, take pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything. Trust God always. always look for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Amen. You know what? let me keep it going. Let me keep going. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limits. We know only a portion of the truth and what we say about God is always incomplete. Hope oh, you get that. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. Here's the part I like. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like an infant when I grew up. I left those infant ways for good. Amen. Come on, let's pray, beloved. God, we thank you today. For God, we realize that the very air we breathe is a manifestation of your creativity. We thank you today, oh God. Because the life in our bodies is a manifestation that your grace is still sufficient. And our being here in this sanctuary is a sign that we still remember that it's not all about us. It's about you, O God. Where would we be without you in our lives? Who would we be if not shaped and made by you? Every day we rise, oh God, we ought to remember that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made and that we are marvelous in your sight. So God, as we move through the remainder of this day, let us move with power, with passion, with pride. But most of all, oh God, with love. We love you, Lord. We honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to just read the first few verses. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing. The creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith, that says to a mountain, jump and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but don't love, I've got nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love amen let do me a favor today turn to your neighbor and just tell your neighbor something and tell them neighbor, neighbor I, have I have unstoppable have love unstoppable come on turn to somebody else tell them neighbor, neighbor I, have I have unstoppable love. love come on put your hands together give the lord a hand clap of praise take your seat Those of you who have been at FCBC any period of time, who've been a participant in TNT over the years, know that oftentimes I can be critical of the writings of the Apostle Paul. My criticism is not of Paul per se, but the criticism is how unbeknownst to Paul, Paul has been used for certain Christian agendas and ways that Paul would not have been aware of. For those who don't understand the construction of the Bible, when Paul wrote these various letters to these various churches, there was no such thing as a Bible. Definitely was nothing called the New Testament. And so when these letters that had been written by Paul were discovered, they became part of the New Testament canon. Which means that when the apostle Paul wrote many of these letters, including 1 Corinthians, he was only writing to the people in the city of Corinth. He was not, when he wrote these letters, thinking about the world seeing his letter to the people of Corinth, because he was writing to very specific issues that existed in that church. And so what has happened over the years is that oftentimes Paul is co-opted by religious agendas and universal ways. But with all that being said, there are things in the writing of Paul that are transcendent, that do not just speak to the specificity of the problems in the church in Corinth, but speaks to this idea of what it means to be beautifully human. In other words, there are writings of Paul that don't speak just to problems, they speak to people. And in speaking to people, in some ways, Paul is speaking to all of us. Again, this doesn't work with everything in the Bible, but there are some things in Scripture that can't actually become universally transcendent because those things that become universally transcendent are often steeped in attempts to push us to be the best human beings we can be. 1 Corinthians 13 is one of those passages. If you've been to more than a few weddings in your life, you have heard this Scripture read at the wedding. It is a wedding favorite to talk about the unstoppability of love as two people exchange vows in a covenant before God and people. But this passage is not just about love in some sentimental sense connected to some romantic notion of relationship. This passage read today is almost like a lightning bolt on a sunny day. Unexpected. You don't always see it coming because the way Paul is often used in Christianity, Paul is used as someone who establishes and helps establish what we now believe to be the majority of Christian doctrine. When you hear people talking about doctrine and and dogma of the church, much of what we know now as Christian doctrine is taken from the writings of Paul. Now, this may be a news flash to some people, but you can check it. You can check it even though, I'm about to say now, but don't don't do that. <laughs> Make a note of your phone and go back and Google it when you get home. But it's interesting that most of what we call, again, Christian doctrine is based on Paul's teachings. Now, part of the criticism of some Christian doctrine is not whether it is of God or it is it is spiritual. The issue is that the truth of the matter for me, and this is just Pastor Mike speaking, many others disagree clearly. But if we are people who are called Jesus people, and we are people who call ourselves disciples, and we are people who then take the leap and call ourselves Christian, to be Christ-like disciple in this context means to be a follower of the carpenter. If we are those things, wouldn't it make sense that the heart of what we would call doctrine be based on Jesus's teachings? I mean, it's like what we do in Christianity at times. We pull from here. We pull from there. Don't pull from Jesus, but then pull left, pull right, and then do it in Jesus' name. But we don't always pull from the teachings of Jesus. This passage, again, in 13 is a lightning bolt because this is one of those places and spaces where I'm convinced of the universal idea of love being at the heart of this Jesus movement. Paul taps into the heart of it in a way that is disarming, especially to those of us who use that passage when Paul begins to write what love is in the traditional version, King James, not the message. You'll hear things like love is patient, love is kind, love love beareth all things, believeth all things. I mean, we love that part. We say that. Now, the truth is those who even recite it don't always believe it because recitation and action are two different things. And so being a believer is not whether or not you can recite it. Jesus makes that clear. It's not your capability to speak which you learn is to do it is that wonderful scene when the when the lawyer asks jesus you know what is the greatest commandment and jesus and luke is like love the lord your god with all your heart your soul your strength your mind and your neighbor as yourself he tells the lawyer well go do it and you'll live not recite it not quote it not write it do it Because for Jesus, how you show up in the world and your actions says more about your divine connection than your literacy as a human being. You know, we had some people in our family who couldn't even read. You know, we all had those people who couldn't really read. But my God always showed up when you needed, always were there. To make a way, always showing love and giving. That's what Jesus saying. And here comes Paul in the midst of his letter to the Corinthian people, with all their issues and all their struggles. You got to understand, this church is uh, uh, full of drama. I guess the best way to put it. They fighting about everything. Sound like some of our churches today? Not this one, but 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 they fighting about everything. Fighting about who can come. To the love feast, which we call now communion, who should be there? People coming. I mean, the arguments are crazy. They sit there arguing because some people come in in Jesus' name. Some people come in because the food is free. Other people come in because the wine is flowing. And some folk getting drunk at, at the feast. And now Paul's like, you ain't coming here to, like, to drink, man. We come here to celebrate before getting drunk. And Paul is like, watch this misconceived passage of Corinthians. Paul is said, if you're coming here for the wrong reason, you're drinking, bringing damnation unto yourself. It ain't about whether you're right. It was people who were abusing the moment because they were coming here just to eat and drink and not remember Jesus. I mean, then you got people in the faction saying stuff like, can you imagine? This is what it's like. Let me give a contemporary version. Today we have baptism. Uh, Pastor Lakeisha did baptism. You have folk in Corinth, Corinth, like if they were here, it would be like, "My bat- well, Reverend Lakeisha baptized me, so my baptism is a little bit stronger. Well, Pastor Bike baptized me, and my baptism, well, Pastor Des baptized me, and we think that, well, Pastor Trey. They were arguing over who baptized who and whose baptism was really good. This is in the church in Corinthian. It ain't that different now. Now, why am I saying all this stuff? Because it's cute and funny. No, because the one, again, whose teachings in other places, whether it's in the book of Romans, whether it is in Galatians, Colossians, whether it is in Hebrews, whether it is in First and Second Timothy, you call the role of Paul's teachings and Paul's letters. The one who set the foundation for what we call Christian doctrine here in 1 Corinthians 13 is saying, if you got all of that, But you don't have love. It means nothing. I mean, look at what he says. If you have words of power, eloquent words, people's lives are changed by your words. People's lives are transformed by your words. But you have no love. He said, you like the creaky, rusty gate making a lot of noise and irritating folk for no reason. If, if. If, if 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 you give all your possessions away to the poor and even suffer as a martyr for the sake of this movement, but you don't love, he said, it's gotten you nowhere. If you speak in tongues but have no love, it means nothing. And here's what Paul says He said, It's not what you say. Doesn't matter what you believe, doesn't even matter what you do, he said. If there's no love, you are bankrupt. Do you hear this? This is in the Bible, cause folk love to say the Bible says, and here in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul makes it clear that if you part of this movement, no matter how gifted you may be, no matter how smart you may be, no matter how much scripture you can quote, If you do not have love in your heart, it is worth nothing. Some people got to be reminded of that. We spend so much time, I said it yesterday in L.A., so many people who claim to be followers spend so much time mad, and so much time wanting to destroy, and so much time wanting to just Destroy and kill people with your words. So punitive, so judgmental, so scornful, so vindictive, so mad, always walking around with a scowl, never smiling, always uptight. You're talking about the joy of the Lord is your strength. I will bless the Lord at all times. You doing it through clenched teeth because you mad, and who's sitting next to you? And and you came here today talking about I want a word. I ain't come here for all this pride Sunday stuff. And 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 yeah. Without love in your heart, unqualified, unconditional, no qualifiers to your love. If you don't have that, nothing. Well, the the other side must be true. If you have love and maybe you're not too gifted and maybe you're not so eloquent and maybe you haven't done certain things, but you got love. You Maybe you don't know scripture the way you think. Maybe you get intimidated when you come to church because you think you don't know enough Bible. Maybe you feel like you don't really know how to pray because that's not the environment you grew up in. Maybe, Maybe you feel sometimes overwhelmed because you hear stories and you don't have a testimony. I can go on and on. You don't have any of that stuff, but you know how to open up your heart to another human being. You got that? What Paul makes clear is that means more in this movement than what church you go to, what denomination you a part of, who your pastor, bishop is, how many certificates you got in your church, what ministry teams you serve on, whether you a deacon, trustee, usher, none of that matters. Because if you a loveless deacon, what does it mean? If you a loveless trustee, what does it mean? If you're a loveless usher, what does it mean? If you're a loveless praise team member, what does it mean? If you're a loveless choir member, what does it mean? If you loveless occupying space in that pew, you wasting time and wasting a good seat. Say this, it means nothing. Nothing. Love, look at this, look at this litany, this beautiful litany in the message bible love never gives up love cares more for others than for self love doesn't want what it doesn't have oh my god you understand love doesn't strut doesn't have a big head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of sins, doesn't revel when others are going through, takes pleasure in flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. And then, and then, Paul says something that is probably horrifying. And I know I'm being very critical, but man, I can be critical of something. I love the church and, and, and I I'm going to be. But because but, Jesus was, by the way, but 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 watch this. He then said something in what I read that is mind blowing to folk who think because you've been in church 50 years, you know, God. Or because because you went. To some certificate, you know God. You think because you, you know God, nobody, what did Paul write? He said, now, everything we say about God and know about God, he said, is incomplete. How do you think you know everything about God and then say God is eternal and mystery? You don't. Accept that what you have, as Paul says, keep reading, I'm gonna, it's in that passage, accept the fact that right now, When you think about God, it's like looking through a glass darkly, he said. You don't see it fully, but you know it's there. He says that. He puts that out there. And then what he does is masterful. After talking about all this love and how you ought to be, well, love is a foundation. Paul makes what I think is a beautiful shift. And he almost equates those who don't have love as being, well, I, I may be taking it out of hand, but maybe I don't think so, as being a little immature. That makes sense. He, he makes it sound as though to be the person that has all those things but have no love, you immature. And, and Paul almost, he, he leans in with empathy. He said, I get it. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I spoke as a child. I understood it as a child. I get it. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. There's some people who are emotionally stunted because they stuck in loveless spaces. Old with no growth because they forgot how important love is. It ain't corny, it ain't over sentimental. It runs through Jesus' teachings and even here in 1 Corinthians, love, love. If you are a love, as I said, you bear all things. You don't keep score what people do. You don't sit around strutting because you think you are better. You don't walk around with a big head because all of a sudden you think you're morally superior. You don't sit around with a puffed out chest because you think somehow you are more religiously pious than the next person. No, that ain't love. That ain't what Jesus talked about. And it's not what Paul is talking about. I say this to these young people and some of our adults have graduated. We celebrate, but to our young people. You see, our young people have an opportunity to do something that is majestic. They have an opportunity to hear things like this. And I know because I was a child in church, everything don't register at the moment. But when I got older, I was surprised by how many things I remembered. I remember going to a service in Atlanta, my freshman year of college, and I, and I wasn't at that time talking about ministry, i was talking about everything else but ministry. And I remember going to a religious service, Laverne, and all of a sudden they were singing all these hymns, hymns that I grew up as a child singing that I ain't singing yet, and my God, I knew every line. I was like, where is this coming from? The beast started pulling stuff out of me, then I started having flashbacks when I was a kid sitting next to my grandmother in church and singing these hymns. Because cause you never know how deep seeds go. And, and, and so we got these young people here. And here they have an opportunity to heal this bitter place. If they hear enough about love and hear enough about tolerance and they hear enough about what it looks like to embrace a human being, if they hear enough about it, it's already happening with our generation. this, This new generation, millennials and Gen Z, are more tolerant than any other generation. But that's also why so many of them don't come to church because they think church is intolerant and rigid and hypocritical and loveless. But when we become the space that Jesus talks about, that Paul wrote to Corinth, the church of Corinth about, we create the possibility of reimagining the world one piece of love at a time. And where does it begin? It begins with you. And it begins today. It really, what love requires, and asks of you. It does ask. It just asks to. Before you react, pause. Before you lash out, freeze. And think about the love you need in your own life. And how maybe it's love that you must give at the same time. That's all it asks. It asks to think about the love you need. And love says, okay, if you know you need love, just put it out into the universe. Because I know that what you put out in the universe has a way of showing up at the right time. Just put some, some love in the universe. And again, love is action. So it's not about walking around talking about love, 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 love. You're <laughs> all Love, love, love. It's in the universe, pass <laughs> some no, let that love turn into embodied love and start doing things that impact other people's lives and yours. Because that just might be the thing. Just might be the thing. I was in LA and in the sermon. I shared a story a few weeks ago. I might have shared it here, but I'll share it again because everybody went in when I shared it. And I was I did a wedding in Detroit a couple of weeks ago. I wonder if the couple is said, they said it's going to be here this week. I don't see him, but. Okay. <laughs> Can't see. Him. But they, they, I did a wedding in Detroit. And um, when I was leaving Detroit, I headed to Detroit. I was coming, I went to DC for a meeting and flew out of DC to Detroit. And, I, and they told me, uh, my assistant Sharon asked them, what, do you want Pastor Mike to wear a robe? They were like, no, because you know, I don't wear robes. But if, uh, well, if a couple wants me to put on a robe, I'll, I'll rock out with it, right? Um, and they were like, no, tell Pastor Mike we want to wear a tuxedo. I go, oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I'm about to get fly for the wedding, right? So, so I packed my suitcase. I was traveling from D.C. Detroit, and I had my book bag, and I had my little tuxedo garment bag, right? So I'm getting on the plane in Detroit, and the, the lady scanning my boarding pass said, you have too many things. To get on the plane you got three things man you can only take two things and so i was like, she said so we can check your bag i'm like okay cool so I, now the person behind me scans that boy best he's walking now almost next to me he's like man, I, I mean he was he was a little tight <laughs> it wasn't even his bag that's a whole nother issue <laughs> mad about stuff that ain't even your stuff like You do it all the time. You see somebody cross the street, you know, I'm like, what are they doing? Ain't got nothing to do with you. What you getting uptight about? You're using all the energy for nothing nothing to do with you. Somebody just needed that right there. Right there. All right? So he up, he's like, man, I've never seen that before. That's ridiculous. And he said, but, you know, hats off to you. He said, you, he said, you, you're not even upset. And I looked at him, I said, brother, I said, life too short for me to be upset over a piece of luggage. Yeah. And then he was like, he was like, you're right. You're right. And started smiling. Yeah. Now, what if I had fed into that? We'd have been walking all the way onto the plane, just mad about my luggage <laughs> coming out in the baggage. Claim. Like, but in that moment, we both grew together a little bit. But love works the same way. Because love is not something you just hold to yourself. You share it, you experience it, you, you embody it. And then together, we grow a little bit. If you mad at me and, well, no, if you've done something to me, not even big, because I've had that a lot and, some, and you already anticipate, now I'm gonna bring all this smoke. You've the whole oh Lord. And you can got your spirit all worked up. Now you anxious. You, you done avoided me for two days because you thought I was going to be mad. And then on the third day, you can't avoid me. So now you're preparing yourself for what you think is going to be my attitude. And then we meet. And I'm like, how you doing? And you're still waiting. you tense. You're waiting for me to just go get something to eat. Some things are not that serious. Because if you got everything you think you need in this world, and if you think you're the greatest Christian in this world because you're so holy and sanctified, Paul said, but if you don't know how to love nobody, it means nothing. Come on, beloved, stand on your feet today. I want to, I want to pray today before we leave, we're going to get out of here, the folk today who right now in this moment, you don't feel really loved because sometimes these kinds of sermons can hit you differently, especially if you don't feel really loved. So if you're here today, and right now, it doesn't mean you always like that, but maybe some things are going on right now in your life, and you don't feel really loved right now, I want you to come down. We got deacons, and we got ministers, pastors who want to pray with you. But if that's you, I want to know that. I want to create a space for you today where we can, as a congregation, wrap our, our arms around you. So you can feel, come on, if you're here, if you're in the balcony, we're going to wait for you today. We're going to wait, but it's just one of those days. Things have been tough. It's been a little hard and today you don't really feel loved. Just come on down. Yeah. Come on down. Because I I want you to feel this today. I want you to not let no more of this day go. You don't feel a little love today. So whoever you are, just make your way down. We're going to keep it. And I got these pastors and deacons. When these people come, you make sure you put an arm around them and hug them today. All right. I will say, COVID did mess something up here at FCBC. Because, boy, every five minutes, I was like, look at your name tell somebody you love them. And, or give them a hug and tell them you love them. Now, we can still say we love them. But but, but this is big today. Because you know what? There have been days I've gotten up and just needed a hug. And, and that hug had the power to set me right. And you may be next to somebody right now who you might have come with. Man, give them a hug. Just give him a hug and tell him, man, I love you. And if you didn't come with nobody, man, what? Hug yourself. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't know Yes, come on. Yeah, we're gonna pray in a minute. Come on, we're gonna pray, but I need somebody needs to hear these words, love. Yes. Yes, come on. You know this. What it mean? What? Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. Huh? And you show? You show me- yes. Jesus. Really to Come on, do that again. We got to sing that one time. Come on, love. Come on. I know we got some singers in here today. Come on, choir. Love. Come on. Come on. So Somebody need this today. Yes, and you shall be Jesus. Yeah, yeah. One more time. What it really means. God, we thank you today. We are so grateful today, oh God. There's a sweet spirit in this place. We thank you for your love that is saturating this space, oh God. That is filling this sanctuary, oh God. We thank you, God, because At the end of the day, you've called us to be love warriors, love revolutionaries, oh God, who seek to take love seriously. Because that love has the power to change this world. That love has the power to transcend the mean-spiritedness that is so prevalent in our culture today. God, we believe in that power. We believe in your presence. For God, you are love and where you are, love abides. And where love is, you abide, oh God. You abide in loving spaces. You abide in loving places. You abide in loving relationships. You abide, oh God. Because where love is, there you are. So, God, thank you. God, we come now as love intercessors on behalf of some of our brothers and sisters who've come down today, oh God. God, you know. You know what we feel. For God, there are days, tough days, rough days where we don't feel so loved. And sometimes those loveless moments creep into our minds and we begin to feel as though we are alone in this world and then nobody cares, nobody understands. But God thank you for using this place today, this moment as a moment of healing. So those who have come, oh God will know. That they are not alone. That we got hugs on reserve, oh God. We've been storing up this love for a long time, oh God. So God, thank you for using us as vessels of love today. As we seek to honor you. We thank you, God. We love you, Lord. For leading us this way. On this day. Because when we serve a God who is love and a God who revels in love, and a God who leads by love, how could that God not have pride on today? Because of who we are as loving creatures. We love you, God. We honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. And We say amen. Yeah. amen. 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 Come on, get somebody a hug. Awesome. Let me love her. All right. Listen, everybody stand. We about to get out of here. Open those side doors. Those of you who during the offering moment got to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Stop that. Close those back doors. We don't wait. We've, this is not the benediction yet. And We are not. The service is not over. I've not seen anybody leave a play before it ends. A movie before it ends. Don't leave church before it ends. Just hold on. Just hold on. Listen. Um, those who had envelopes, you can leave those in the boxes on your way out. Also, um, I want all of our graduates, you just stay seated. We got something for you. So just sit down right here. Even though we're up, we got something for you. All right. Have an amazing day today. An amazing remain of the day. As you leave this thing, journey throughout the day, let love be not just a guide, but let love be a companion today walk with love and talk with love and and let love into your space and into your spirit and into your heart and then when you feel that love don't be selfish or stingy with that love today you share that love share it through expressions and gestures of love on today amen lastly those who have your book or want your book signed or purchase the book you can come wait after service they'll set you up here and we'll sign those books today amen Good, good, good. Let's celebrate our graduates one more time today. Good. All right. Let's go to God. Now until you, O God, is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless in your presence, may you continue to remind us, O God, that no matter how gifted we are, how eloquent we are, how powerful we are, if we do not have love, it means nothing. From now until we Meet one another, and you, O God, on the other side. where the sun neither rises nor sets, because the sun is Jesus the Christ, the light of the world. It is in your name, O God, we pray. And we say amen. 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 Much love. Many blessings. Peace. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.